You are listening to the Recovering Faith Podcast, an honest and non-judgmental discussion on faith in God and the doubts we often have, why it's sometimes difficult to trust God, and how we can know with assurity that He loves us. This show centers on strengthening and rebuilding our faith after loss, tragedy, or when coming to Christianity from a non-Christian or pseudo-Christian worldview. Now, here is your host, Gene Curl. Hello and welcome back to Recovering Faith Podcast. Today's episode is episode number 101. And today's episode is about how I wound up in Missouri because I have had recently a lot of people ask me that. And um, I don't know if it's going to be next week or maybe on Christmas Day, but one of sometime between now and Christmas I'm going to have an episode on whether or not Christians should teach the Santa Claus story. And um, spoiler alert, the answer is no. But uh, that's not what today's episode is about. Last week was one of the many times that somebody asked me why, how I wound up in Missouri. And I was talking to the dispatch lady for a trucking company that my company works with a lot. And... She asked me, and I was telling her a little bit about something when I was driving a bus, and then she asked me how I wound up in Missouri. And so I spent the next 15 minutes telling her, and she was greatly amused by it, so I thought maybe that would be a good uh, podcast topic, especially since there's actually been a lot of people ask me how I wound up in Missouri. The short answer is that I'm originally from Missouri and that I just came home. But this episode is not the short story. This is the long story that winds through the woods and everything like that. So, uh, years before I moved back to Missouri, I had been talking to my aunt. And she told me that at some point that I'd wind up moving back to Missouri. And, of course, I didn't think that was true. But, of course, she was right. And she's actually right on a lot of things, but I don't want to actually tell her that because it might go to her head. So, anyhow. So, anyone who's been listening to the podcast for any time knows a little bit about my story. But if you're new to the podcast, uh, you can go back to listen to those. But uh, I'm originally from Missouri, and then I've lived... A number of other places, including Pocatello, Idaho, and Lincoln, Nebraska. Well, when I lived in Idaho, actually, uh, when I lived in Idaho and the entire time I lived in Nebraska, I was driving a a bus. And uh, a lot of my stories have to do with driving a bus because by the time I had moved to Missouri, I had driven a bus for... A third of my life. So, um, I started driving a bus when I was in my early 20s, when I was in college, and I started driving a city bus for Pocatello, Idaho, and I decided that I would drive a bus until something better came along, or until I finished college, and I wound up driving a bus for around 11 years. And I had so many crazy things happen to me when I drove a bus. And I'll, and yes, I know a lot of this doesn't actually have anything directly related to why I wound up in Missouri, but kind of, sort of. So I'm going to tell it anyway. Uh, 
And when I, it was one of the things when I was driving a city bus in Idaho, um, and actually how I, the reason I told this story to, um, to that lady, the dispatch lady, is because um, we're talking, she asked me about how many people were working at my company right now, and I told her we just lost a couple people. One lady that we had as a salesman quit because she didn't like dealing with rude people. And I told her, I said, yeah, I've had a lot of experience dealing with rude people, especially when I drove a city bus. And people could be extremely rude, and I had to deal with all sorts of humanity, and no matter what anyone said or did, I had to be nice and polite with them. And then I proceeded to tell her about a time when there was this lady who got upset with me because I didn't want to deviate from route and take her to her house. And I politely told the lady that I could not take her to her house because it was a city bus, not a taxi cab, and I could only stop at officially designated bus stops. Well, at that point she got she became pretty irate and she decided that she wanted to strangle me, so she grabbed my tie and tried to strangle me. But of course, it was a clip-on tie, and so it came right off. But she wasn't easily dissuaded, so she took the tie and used it as a rope and wrapped it around my neck and tried to strangle me. So I hit the brakes and came to a stop, and some other passengers ran up and drug her off of me. And then she reached over and pushed the button to open the door and took off running. Well, the cops, of course, had no problem finding her because they knew exactly who she was and where she lived because they'd had all kinds of problems with her before. And, of course, that wasn't my only crazy experience dealing with the city. When I worked the city, I had uh, I had uh, one time a couple of teenage girls were in the back of the bus and they were trying to light each other on fire with cigarette lighters and I had to stop and take the lighters from them. Another time when I was uh, driving, uh, had a route that went, picked up kids at high school, I had uh, a principal come on the bus and stopped me from taking off, and they uh, took this girl off. She had a knife, and she was planning on stabbing another girl on the way home from school, and so she got arrested. Um, I one time had a transient man urinating in the back of the bus and right in plain sight and I one time uh, got pulled over by the police because I had somebody on my bus that was uh, wanted and the police got on the bus and arrested them and that was quite exciting and quite an ordeal I mean I just had all kinds of things um, I in the years that I drove a bus, I like to joke and say that in the 11 years that I drove a bus, uh, on, only three times did I have a bus on fire. <laughs> so uh, nobody was hurt in any of those occasions, in case you wonder. But anyhow, with all these crazy things happening all the time driving city bus, and I got really tired of driving the city bus, it was one of those jobs that I actually hated going to work every single day. I mean, I went to work no matter what, but I absolutely hated going to work. I hated everything about it. And I was married at the time, and my wife wanted to move to Nebraska um, for a lot of reasons, which I won't go into at the moment. But we wound up moving to Nebraska, and uh, for a short period, I drove a truck. Uh, and then 
I wound up driving a bus again. I drove a campus route in, for University of Nebraska-Lincoln in between the East Campus and West Campus. And then I wound up driving a party bus, which was also absolutely horrible. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've had people puke on me. And uh, there'd been a lot of times where I would look in the rearview mirror and I would say to myself, what did I just see? So I didn't particularly like that. And then um, I did that for a few years and then I wound up driving a tour bus. And I, I actually liked driving the tour bus. I didn't have anything, I don't have anything bad to say about the company. And I, uh, there was an absolutely wonderful company to work for. But I didn't like never being home and I didn't like uh, driving a bus in the ice and snow and having all those people lives um, in my hands. Also there was a lot of times that I had to sleep during the day and I'm, an, I'm not a night person so it was difficult for me to uh, work during the night but there's a lot of times I had to sleep during the day and then uh, go to work at 10 o'clock at night and pick up people and drive them through the night. But I did try to have fun with it and whenever I would see people uh, or whenever would people would fall asleep during the night, uh, and then in the morning they'd wake up, and I would say, they would say, man, we slept the whole trip. And I would say, you know, I did too, just to get a reaction from them. But what I also did that I thought was funny is I liked to convince them that uh, I got lost during the night and that we were hundreds of miles off course. And one time I had a group of Pentecostals from Omaha, Nebraska, and I was taking them to a youth congress in... Uh, Louisville, Kentucky, and when they woke up, they knew we were supposed to be in Indiana somewhere, and they asked where we were at, and I told them that we were in, I told them someplace in Tennessee, and they freaked out, and I just let them freak out for a while, and then finally they saw a road sign and realized that I was just uh, pranking them, and then they thought it was kind of funny, uh, but the when I really decided that I was through driving a bus, it wasn't because of the. It wasn't mostly because of the late nights, and it wasn't mostly because of the stay, uh, the never being home, and it wasn't mostly due to the fact that I didn't have a social life, although that was all part of it. Uh, the uh, the big thing when I decided that I was done driving a bus is I had a group of teenage girls, and we were on our way at the time to Colorado and we were on Interstate 80 through Nebraska heading west and it was just before Interstate 80 splits and goes down to 70 and there was a semi-truck that came across the median and we almost had a head-on collision I guess he fell asleep or something and I thought you know that was such a close call and I'd had so many close calls that I thought you know my numbers coming up eventually and I want to get out of this uh, game before my number comes up and some family here in Missouri who ran a business had found out that I was, not for me, they found out from my mother that I was looking to get into some other kind of business. And so they called me and asked me if I'd consider working for them. And so I had a few days off. So I came down and worked for them for a few days and then decided to that I would work for them. And I put in my notice. But before that, actually, I was determined that I was going to do something else. And I had put in my application at 
a cath for a job at a Catholic church in Omaha, Nebraska, and I I was the top person on their list. And they told me though that they was going to let me know by a certain day if I had the job. Well, that day came and went, and I hadn't heard anything from them, so I had assumed I didn't get the job. Well, by this point, um, I had already decided I was going to go down and work for my family, and by the time I had been down here in Missouri and working for probably a week, I had a phone call from this Catholic church, and they asked me, or they told me I had the job, and I said, oh, well, I explained to them that since they didn't call me when they said they would, I thought I didn't have the job and I accepted another job and so I couldn't take the job. And at the time I wondered if I'd made the right decision. And I don't know, sometimes you have something in your life and you want and you realize that it was really a God thing, that it was uh, God's will that it happened. And that kind of happened to me. At first, I was wondering if I'd made the right decision moving to moving to back to Missouri. And there was uh, at the time I didn't have a church I was going to. I was trying to find a church, and I went to one church with my cousins. I mean, the name of the church wasn't One Church, even though I did go to one church, a church named One Church, at one point. But I went to a church with my cousins, and the pastor was talking about how uh, you are where you're supposed to be, that God put you there for a reason. And then I went checked out another church, and they had the same message. And then after I started going to Wellspring for a while, I was going there for a few weeks, and then Pastor Scott had the same message. And this was the fourth or fifth time I'd heard that basically that same sermon, and I knew all the pastors weren't in in cahoots and just like, hey, let's just have all the same sermon. And so I said, well, I get it, God. I'm staying here in Missouri. And so uh, now I'm firmly planted in Missouri. I I bought a house and all that. But before I wound up in in Missouri, you know, I had been I'd been kind of all over the place and while I always knew that driving a bus was not what I wanted to do for the rest of my life, I am firmly convinced that God wanted me to drive the bus, <clears throat> partially because of the things I learned from it, but as I've talked about in several other podcast episodes before, one of the reasons why I uh, know that God wanted me to drive the bus is because of driving the tour bus, I wound up coming back to Christianity because God put me in touch with all the, the right people and the right circumstances to soften my heart. Because I always said when I was, uh, when I didn't believe, I said, well, people would ask, well, what would it take to get you back to Christianity? And I would say, I don't know. But if there is a God, he knows. And indeed he does. And I praise God for that. But um, if you want to hear the whole story, um, I've talked about it in several episodes, but I'm going to give a brief, briefly the story here. So I was, um, I had just come back from a bus trip and I was unpacking my suitcase and I thought I was going to have three days off. And my boss called me and said, 
hey, uh, can you work today? And I said, yeah, I guess so. Uh, when do you need me? And he said, an hour ago. So I just threw all my stuff back in the suitcase and headed to work. The mechanics already had the bus going for me, and they told me they already did the pre-trip and everything on it. So I just jumped in the bus, threw my suitcase in, jumped in the bus, and took off. I got to this church and picked up the group. And by the time we got on the road, we were only an hour late, which is pretty good. But the lady who was supposed to take them on this trip, she took them on this trip every year. But for some reason this time, she had forgot that she was... Uh, she forgot that she was supposed to take this trip and she went camping and she was somewhere in Wyoming and couldn't be re or couldn't get back. And I was absolutely the only driver available to take this trip. And if I hadn't been available, they would have had to cancel the trip. And so I, I took the trip and, uh, first I was a little bit cynical and, but, it was a singing group, and they called themselves the Esprit, and uh, they were doing skits and, uh, you know, short little plays and singing, and they're performing at retirement homes in different churches across western Nebraska and eastern Colorado, and I went, a, and normally I wouldn't listen to anything anybody had to say about religion. I'd politely decline when they would invite me, and I would go ahead and just sit in the bus. Well, this time, the lady asked, uh, I don't even know if she'd ask me. I think she sent one of the kids to ask me if I wanted to come and listen to the performance. And I thought, oh, what the heck? And so I go on and I'm listening to the performance and I sit way in the back. And uh, in all my years in church, growing up in church and in the Mormon church and all my experience in church, I never had what I would have considered a spiritual experience. And But in this setting I did and I thought well this has got to be some kind of religious trick but and then but by the time the last song came on they were singing this song um Jesus is I think it was Jesus is enough and I was so moved I almost wanted to get up and proclaim proclaim my uh, devotion to God but then I thought no this is just some kind of religious trick and um you know but at this point I was so teared up I couldn't even see the stage but by the time the performance was over and I was loading everything back up in the bus, I had already convinced myself that it was a religious trick, nothing more. And But I decided to sit in on the next performance just in case, and I listened to every single one of their performances, and uh, I wound up even buying a Bible at, I believe it was a... A gift shop there at one of the hotels and started reading the Bible again. And <clears throat> I even started vol- volunteered for another uh, church group that was going to do a mission trip down in Mississippi. And But the, the people didn't even know that I didn't believe and they didn't know anything about me. And at one point, the lady in charge said, I don't even know if I'm if I'm uh, making any difference, I don't even know why I'm doing this. When I heard her talking, I walked up to her and I said, for what it's worth, what you're doing has made a difference in at least one person's life. And so she was so touched, she gave up, got up and gave me, a, gave me a hug. But I didn't really tell her my story or anything. It was at least three years later when I contacted her and told her. And she was extremely touched. And I even drove back up to Nebraska to visit, to visit them and talked about it.
And actually, you know, I would really, I would really like to have that lady and her husband as a guest on the podcast at some point, but I don't know that they would be willing to do that, but I'm going to reach out to them and at least try. So, but anyhow, so that was uh, how I got back in Christianity because of driving the bus. And, but all this time driving, driving the bus, you know, I, I really didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I was never really happy. Uh, growing up, not just growing up, but just growing up and even when I went to college, I thought that I wanted to do something big. I wanted to do something important. I wanted to do something that would change the world. Partially because uh, my father always told me I wouldn't amount to anything and I wanted to prove him wrong. But also I wanted to do it because I wanted to be remembered. I was, I guess, kind of vain. And what I'm doing now uh, I'm working. With, I'm working with cars, and I'm definitely not changing the world. And I'm undoubtedly not going to be remembered long after I'm dead. But as long as because of me, because of this podcast, if people remember Jesus because of me, that's really all I care about. And I'm making I'm making less money now than I was driving a tour bus. And I'm not doing anything that's prestigious, but I'm actually really happy with life. And that's interesting that once you're actually doing what God wants you to do, once you're, when you're doing what God wants you to do, and when you're following God, you're at peace, even if you, it's not what you thought you wanted. Uh, there's so many times in my life where I was upset with God because he didn't give me what I wanted, but it wasn't really what I wanted. It was only what I thought I wanted. God knows what we actually need, and he knows it's better than what we actually ask for. And so if God actually gave us what we ask for instead of what we needed, he wouldn't be a very good father. Kind of like uh, if parents gave their kids everything they wanted, they'd be letting their kids... uh, just eat candy all day and not go to school or anything like that. And so God knows that that we don't make good choices and that things we ask for aren't really what's good for us. And so God gives us what we actually need. And being here in Missouri, it's actually been a great blessing in my life, especially going to the church that I go to and the home group that I'm in. And there's just so much in my life that I count as a blessing because I live in Missouri and because of the people that I'm involved with and because of, and because of, well, just everything. And that's part of the reason I wanted to start this podcast is to kind of share, I wanted to uh, share Jesus with everybody else. And uh, this is a way for me to do that. And you know, I've actually, I might have mentioned it before, and I'm not really sure. And like I say, this, this is kind of a little bit of ramble. It has not a whole lot to do with what, with how I wound up in Missouri, but but uh, uh, I was in a home group at my church that I really liked, and I felt like I really fit in. I mean, at first I was in a home group, and I didn't know if I, I thought I was doing some good, but I didn't really feel like I fat in, fit in, and I switched to another home group. And... 
when I switched, I felt like I really fit in and I was really happy in that home group. And then I got asked to lead a new home group. And I was a little bit hesitant about it, but then I remembered years previous when I had told the pastor that if they ever needed me to lead a home group that I'd be willing to do that. But at, when I said it, I didn't think that they would actually want me to lead a home group. But, but they chose me to do it, and so I agreed. And for a while I was wondering if I was doing the right thing, but then several people from my home group talked about how, not to me, but I had heard about it, they talked about how I had made a difference in their life and that they were really glad that I was leading the group. And that made it worth it. And I'm, you know, God really does know what's better for us, and he puts us in that position. And sometimes he doesn't put us in a position because it's just because it's what's best for us. Sometimes he puts us in a position because it's what's best for other people. And they're just, I mean, I don't think God is a puppet master that he's controlling all of our actions. Of course, we have free choice. Uh, we can choose to do things, but, but there are some things that God just orchestrates, and he makes sure that certain things will happen in a certain way because he knows that's, because that's what he wants to happen, and he knows that that's what is best for us and uh, but you know speaking of the home group there is uh, there's something about older people especially older Christians they like to make sure that everybody younger they know is dating or married and it's one older lady that I uh, that is in my home group she'd been trying all summer to get me to go to this line dancing class with her and finally I agreed to go and so when I went to this line dancing class I realized that it was kind of a setup she wanted me to meet this meet some uh, young ladies that went to this line dancing class and so I guess she got what she wanted because next week I am going on a date with a lady that I met at the line dancing class, so uh, we'll see how that goes. But anyhow, basically, um, back to my story of moving back to Nebraska. So, you know, I had, um, it was never in my plans to, uh, I know I said Nebraska, but I meant Missouri. Uh, it was never actually in my plans to move back to Missouri. Uh, every I never thought I would wind up back in Missouri. I never planned on it, and I, frankly, I didn't want to live in Missouri. I thought that I, I actually thought that I wanted to live in Montana, even though I never actually lived there. And I really liked the West, and there was a few things I miss about the West, like I miss the mountains and I miss the trout fishing, but I definitely don't miss the cold. And I know it gets cold here in Missouri, but not like it did in Nebraska or Idaho. So. But I, I didn't really want to move back to Missouri. Uh, it didn't appeal to me at all. But it didn't matter that it didn't appeal to me. God knew it was best. And now I'm actually extremely glad that I am here. And the chances, the probability is extremely high that I will live in Missouri the rest of my life. And so it's kind of like the whole thing there was a time in my life when I was kind of running from God but I was not just running from God I was running from God what God wanted for me too and 
God always gets his way. It's like the Mountie, he always gets his man. And so I wound up in Missouri anyway. And uh, <clears throat> like I say, if uh, I don't think it was uh, coincidental that the Catholic Church forgot to uh, call me and called me late after I'd already moved to Missouri. I don't think that was a coincidence. And um, I'm sure it would have been a good job, but I mean, I'm not Catholic, and I would not have done anything at the job that would have contradicted their doctrine, but I also would not have pretended that I believed in Catholic doctrine. I mean, I th Catholics are extremely good people, and they have, and I have a lot more in common with them than I do, than I do differences, but <clears throat> I don't know that it would have been the best fit for me. And so, so yeah, long story short, I, I spent most of my adult life driving a bus and I uh, even though I wanted to make a name for myself I was doing something that absolutely wouldn't make a name for myself I did not want to move to Missouri but it just worked out that way and now I'm here and I am glad that I'm here and um, if I know usually I talk a lot more about being a religious podcast I talk a lot more about doctrine and things on this podcast um, and I know not every podcast episode can be the greatest podcast episode ever. And uh, to this date, my most popular one is called Why, Did, Why Does God Hate Me? And it's about uh, exactly the opposite, what, that God doesn't hate us, that he loves us. And that's been my most popular episode. And so if you haven't listened to that, I would recommend that you do. And if you haven't uh, done so yet uh, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you're listening to it and please please go ahead and leave a review and a rating for the show on iTunes it greatly helps people to find the show if you have any questions or comments or if you would like to be a guest on this podcast uh, please contact me at genecurl.com and I will get back with you as soon as I can uh, thanks for listening. God bless. And I hope you have a wonderful holiday season, a Merry Christmas, and a Happy New Year. Thanks for listening to the Recovering Faith Podcast. Please rate and review this show and share it with your friends and family. You are loved.